Jeremiah chapter 30. We're going to get there in just a few minutes. You'll notice on your bulletin cover that the uh, title of my message is actually there. It's Thanksgiving is a Decision. I, uh, I know it's Thanksgiving is over, but the Lord just really impressed on me three things that I want to share with you today about Thanksgiving and, uh, and what that means and how that works. How many of you realize that pastors sometimes like to get creative? Not me, but I mean pastors. Well, this one pastor decided he was going to do this uh, illustrated sermon. So he got four mason jars. And in the first one, he filled it with cigarette smoke. I have no idea where he got it, but he did it. Okay, he filled it with smoke. The second jar he filled with whiskey, pure alcohol, Jack Daniels, whatever. Not that I would know any of that, but anyway. The third jar he filled with chocolate syrup. Easy, easy. And the fourth jar he filled with really rich, good topsoil, dirt. And then he <clears throat> took four night crawlers. He put the first night crawler in the smoke, and the second night crawler went in the whiskey, and the third night crawler went in the chocolate, and the fourth night crawler went into the dirt. And then he stood back and he watched for a few moments, and pretty soon the worms in the first three jars all died, unfortunately. And so then he asked the congregation, now, folks, what do you think, what do you think is the lesson that we can learn from this illustration? And a little old lady that had been in church a long time jumped up and said, if you smoke, drink, and eat chocolate, you'll never have worms. <laughs> I think that's a valuable lesson, but... I don't think that was exactly the plan of that particular sermon. But again, things happen. So, Thanksgiving. Hmm, what's that all about? It's a day to eat a lot, hang out with family, sometimes they're friends, sometimes it's a great time, sometimes it's a bit of a challenge. Um, it's now become a shopping day, and I'm really kind of surprised at that. Um, but I'm a little bit guilty. How many of you went shopping Thanksgiving evening? I'm the only one? No way. Oh, no, no, no. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Ah, guilty. Good for you. Yeah, we, uh, we got there at like five to six and thought, well, we, let's stay in the car. So we waited till the line started moving, which was several hundred people long. And so we got out, we went and stood by the door, and some guy, hey, get to the back of the line. I'm just going to stand here and wait. Everything will be fine. Don't, don't hurt me. Uh, but it, it's, just, it's, it's become a very interesting, uh, interesting holiday in many ways here in America. But uh, the Lord directed my attention to a passage in Scripture in Jeremiah chapter 30, and I just want to read this to you. Uh, chapter 30, verse 18, Jeremiah the prophet. Uh, Jeremiah was a prophet that lived and preached during the time of Israel's captivity. They were taken captive by a variety of, of nations, Assyrians and 
Babylonians and so on and so forth, because they failed to do two very important things when it comes to God. They stopped trusting God and they stopped being grateful. There's two things God wants from you when you become a Christian. To trust him and to be grateful. If you'll trust God and, and be grateful to him every day, your relationship with the Lord will become very strong and very powerful. It's when you stop trusting him and you start becoming selfish and ungrateful and whiny and as the video showed, you, you feel entitled, you, feel, you start telling God what you deserve and what, you're, what he owes you and all of this. God says, well, you know, I'm just going to give you some time to think about that. It doesn't work like that. Okay? Jeremiah. This is what the Lord says, the prophecy from Jeremiah. I will restore the fortunes of Jacob's tents and have compassion on his dwellings. The city will be rebuilt on her ruins and the palace will stand in its proper place. Verse 19 is where we begin our thoughts. From them will come songs of thanksgiving and the sound of rejoicing. I will add to their numbers and they will not be decreased. I will bring them honor and they will not be disdained. Their children will be as in days of old, and their community will be established before me, and I will punish all who oppress them. Their leader will be one of their own, their ruler will arise from among them, and I will bring him near, and he will come close to me. For who is he who will devote himself to be close to me? I see three very important lessons in this passage of Scripture. Number one, thanksgiving is a, as an act of the will. Thanksgiving is a decision that we have to make all the time. We're very seldom will we just automatically be thankful. We have to make that decision. We have to decide to say thank you and to be thankful. Number two, thanksgiving is an expression of emotion. You can't be thanks thankful without being emotional. There's an emotion that comes with being thankful. We'll talk about that in a moment. And then finally, thanksgiving is a celebration of relationships. It's a celebration of relationship. Now, I want to take you back for a moment to uh, the beginning of, of time as we know it with Adam and Eve in the garden. I believe that Adam and Eve initially were quite thankful for everything they had because they'd been revealed truth. Thanksgiving comes and grows out of the revelation of truth. How many of you are thankful for God's word? It's the truth. And it's, it's what we can build our lives on and we can stand upon that. But the revelation of truth generates thanksgiving. When someone tells you something that is true, we become grateful for that. We're thankful for that. Ungratefulness, entitlement, feeling that we deserve something different, usually grows out of an opinion. And it's based on the demand for an explanation. The devil came to Adam and Eve and began to explain some things to them that were not true. They were an opinion that the devil had. How many of you realize Satan operates on opinion only? There's no truth. He's the father of all lies. He doesn't understand. He has no concept of truth. It's his opinion that matters. How many of you have opinions? Well, you're about as good as the devil. Way to go. 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But this idea of, of an opinion, which it becomes, it demands for an explanation. I want to know why. And, and he comes along and he says, you, you realize God is hiding things from you. If you'll take this fruit, if you'll eat of this fruit, you'll become just like God. You'll know what God knows. You'll understand how he understands. God is keeping things from you. You need to go ahead and eat that fruit. You'll become just like God. That was an opinion. That was a lie. There was no truth in that. And yet, instead of being grateful and trusting God like they should have, they yielded to an opinion. If you want to listen to opinions gone wild, get ready for next year. An election year. Yay! If you can dig truth out of all that, you're gifted. But let's talk about Thanksgiving, shall we? I don't want to get into politics ever. Um, Thanksgiving, an act of the will. I want you to can think about this. To become thankful is not a natural tendency of human beings. Little children do not grow up being thankful. There's a little baby here right now that has the nerve to sleep through this message. I cannot believe that. But uh, I could fix that if I wanted to, but I'm not going to. Um, but little children have to be taught how to become thankful. I, and I think that, that teaching needs to go all the way through college and into adulthood. Because thankfulness is an act of the will. It's a decision that we have to make. We have to decide, am I going to be grateful today for who I am, what I have, and so on and so forth, or am I going to fall into what I call the sin of comparison? Where we begin to compare. We're not thankful for what we have. We see what we don't have. We look at what we don't have. We look at what we wish we had. We look at, well, you know, I wish I had this, or I wish I had that. And, and American advertising, actually worldwide advertising, tries to constantly shove us into that sin of comparison, right? You need a better car. Rose, you need nicer clothes. You need a better car. I'm kidding, I'm sorry. You need a nicer car. You need a nicer house. I mean, you know, how many of you need a, you need a nicer something, right? They're telling you constantly, you need a nicer this, you need a better that. You just, you need, you need, you need. And, and, and hopefully they will get you to move from thinking about I need this to I want. I want a better thing. I want this and I want that. And I'm going to get this. I'm going to have that. And it drives us into this constant state of dissatisfaction. And God says, your act, the act of your will needs to move you into gratitude. There are people today that instead of deciding what to wear, they were already wearing it. Amen? And in deciding what should I, where should we go to eat, they're thinking, will I eat? We are so blessed in America. Try to imagine a day that starts like this, where we decide that we are going to be ever grateful. We are going to become so grateful. Your alarm clock goes off. Your eyes open. Thank you, God. I am still alive. Thank you, Lord. I was laying all night in a bed. Thank you, Lord, that I had sheets and blankets to keep me warm. Thank you, God, that I had a pillow to lay my head on. 
Thank you, God, that I woke up in time to get to the bathroom. Thank you, God. <laughs> Don't laugh at me like that. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Thank you, God, that I had an inside toilet and I didn't have to, you know, walk 20 feet into the woods. Thank you, God, that the, the toilet flushed. Thank you, God, that the electricity works. Thank you, God, that, I, uh, that, my, I, that my alarm clock told me what time it was and I'm going to be on time to work. Thank you, God, that I have a job to go to. Thank you, God, that I have clothes in a closet. Thank you, God, that I have a closet. Thank you, God, that I have a closet because if I have a closet, I have a house. Thank you, God, that I have a house or a home or an apartment. Thank you, Father, that, that I have... I've got clothes. Thank you. I'm physically able to put my clothes on myself. Thank you, God, that I have food in a refrigerator. Thank you, Father, that I had money to buy that food. Thank you, God, that I have choices to make when it comes to food. Thank you, God, that when I eat this breakfast, I'll be able to digest it, and I'll be strong, and I'll be able to walk out the door on my own two legs, and I'll be able to get in my car, and I'll have a key that fits this car, and I'll have, I'll have payments to make on that car, and I'm making a banker rich. Thank you, God. Uh, thank you, God, that I can drive to work. Thank you, God, that I know how to get to work. Thank you, God, that I have a job. Thank you, God, that I have enough intelligence to be able to do that job. Thank you, God, that I'll get paid eventually, I hope. Thank you, God, that I can go to a bank and they'll take care of my money and I won't lose it. Thank you, God, that I can do this. And that you haven't even got to work yet. Hello? Is it possible to be grateful all the time? Is it possible as a Christian to never have anything to complain about? Yeah, it's possible, but probably not going to work. <laughs> Thanksgiving is an act of my will. I make a decision to be grateful. I have multiplied thousands of things to thank God for. If you can see your eye right now has the capability of distinguishing between multiplied thousands of colors, shapes, and sizes. If you can hear, some of you have the gift of being able to understand multiple languages. Your brain has the ability to process information in a variety of languages. And on and on it goes. Muscles. There are hundreds of miles of blood vessels in your body. Your lungs are functioning right now without you thinking about it. Your heart is pumping. The heart, average heart pumps billions of times in the course of a human being's life. And this all happened when God simply said, let us make man out of dirt. And he, you know, did a little Play-Doh action, created Adam, and then God just went, breathed into him the breath of life, and from that moment, every cell in his being came to life. Doing what cells do, function. Eyes, nose, smell, hearing, thinking, hands, arms, personality. And then we can move into the spiritual realm. That's a whole other realm of amazing things. God, thank you. Thank you, God, for who we are today. Make the decision. Now, how many of you have ever had someone around that was annoying? 
Anybody? Some of you have had two. <laughs> Dawn, I'm not even going to ask. <laughs> Can we be thankful for them? Worst case scenario, thank you God that I'm not like this person. <laughs> thank you. It's an act of the will. Number two, thanksgiving is an expression of emotion. You have, it's emotional. You know, there's, you know, people have, have sent me thank you cards and they've said thank you. And, and I could tell that it was, it was an emotional ex expression from them. It was, there was a sense of, of gratitude and joy. And there's like six basic emotions that everybody has. Happiness, anger, fear, sadness, disgust, and surprise. Now, the Bible says here in Jeremiah, it says that they will come with songs of thanksgiving and the sound of rejoicing. It is not possible to be thankful and angry at the same time. My grandkids try it. Their parents will say, now tell Opa thank you. They call me Opa, German for grandpa. Now tell Opa thank you. Thank you. That was serious. That was sensitive. Fine, thanks. All right, thank you. Oh, the, even better than that. Say you're sorry. I'm sorry. Mother had a little boy one time and said, you're going to sit here if it's the last thing you do. He said, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> Thanksgiving has to be emotional. There are going to be times when you are thanking God and you're going to start weeping. Because you will be overwhelmed by this sense of joy. Not fear. Not anger. Not disgust. Not, none of those. How many of you have ever been surprised by a gift and it caught you? You just weren't expecting it. You know, maybe something came in the mail or somebody, I, over the past years I've, I've been kind of a secret Santa to some people once in a while. Some people come to me and say, Pastor Fred, could you deliver these, these monetary gifts or other things? And, and uh, it's so funny because I'll show up and I'll knock on their door and say, hey, I've got something for you. Here's $500. Have a great Christmas. <gasps> First the surprise. And a dash of unbelief. <laughs> yeah, well, put your name on the list. A um, little bit of surprise, unbelief. And then they always ask the, the rid most ridiculous question. Who's this from? Does it matter? Does it really matter? It's for you. Take it. Well... Who is it from so I can, you know, ask them for more? No, I don't know what, why they want to know. <laughs> you know. Why do you want to know that? Just receive it. Amen. You know? I, you know, I have learned over time. Now, there are certain things I won't receive because people want to give me junk. But, you know, almost if you offer it to me, I'm taking it. If we're out to eat and you, and you reach for that check before I do... And I wait. I give you opportunity. 
I'll give you time. But you reach for that first, I'll go, hey, thanks. Do I owe you anything? I'll, I'll be nice. Do I owe you anything? And then I pray, oh, no, no. <laughs> no, I got it, I got it. Well, thank you very much. I'll leave the tip. And I'll write a little note, God bless you, have a great day. No, I, I leave money. <laughs> but you see, there's the, the emotion of thanksgiving is there. Let it, let it flow out of you. Where do you think that came from? God Almighty. God has placed in you the ability to be thankful. And, he allow, and God's given you your emotions. Go ahead and use them. Enjoy them. Be joyful. Rejoice. Be thankful. There are plenty of opportunities in our lives to be disgusted and depressed and, and angry and all of that, but we've got to understand the power of our emotions and understand how powerful it is to rejoice. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord. Again I say, rejoice. This is a man writing a letter from prison. In Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, 18, it says, pray without ceasing, rejoice evermore. No, it's rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's it. Why do I rejoice? Because I trust God. He's never failed me. Why do I pray? Because I trust God. He's never failed me. Why am I thankful in all things? Because God deserves my gratitude. And it's part of the relationship that develops. And if we can understand that, if we can flow in that, it gets to be pretty exciting as to how this all works. The expression of emotion. The enemy wants you angry. Because dissatisfied people usually get angry. Ever been angry? Anybody here ever been angry? Ever been angry? I don't think, I don't know, I don't think Althea's ever been angry. Who else has never been angry? Let's see. I know some people that, yeah, I, I've been angry once. It lasted a long time, about 63 years. No, it's, it's, it's who we are. God has put these amazing things in our lives to allow us to, to rejoice. And, and I, my heart goes, I really feel sorry for atheists. Because when they're thankful, who do they think? What do they do? Who do they turn to? Because if you believe there's no God, then that means you're it. So you basically have to go and stand in front of a mirror and thanks, you're awesome. That's the extent of it. That's, that's nothing, it takes you nowhere. But our emotions are so powerful and we need to let God just anoint them and see what happens. Jesus experienced all of these emotions as a human. There were days when he was happy. There were days when he was angry. He dealt with fear. I don't know if he had it, but he certainly dealt with fear. Sadness. The Bible says when Lazarus died, Jesus wept. Disgust. 
at the things that he saw by the religious people around him. I'm not sure if Jesus was ever surprised by much. Being the son of God, it's hard to sneak up on him, you know, but I think, but he experienced emotions and he knew what they were. And it's okay. But understand that thanksgiving must flow through our lives in our emotions as well. Number three, thanksgiving is a celebration of relationship. Jeremiah says, verse 20, the children will be as in days of old and their community will be established before me. Community. Why do we, why do we have Thanksgiving and invite our families over when sometimes we don't even like our families? Why do we do that? Well, I think sometimes we feel like we should just ought to do that. Uh, it's important. We need to celebrate, or we need to get together with family. When it comes to celebrating relationship, I think this is, it's, this is why we have church. This is why we do church. Because I don't see probably 95 or more percent of you except once a week. And sometimes that's good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm waiting to see if you're listening. But to celebrate relationship, number one, means that I need to know who you are. And within the church family, I think too many times we, come, we, we celebrate, we say, well, I'm coming to worship the Lord. I don't want to be bothered. Well, I'm, you know, that's lovely. But how many of you understand heaven is going to be a very long time? And you're going to get to see these people every single day. And, you know, and knowing God's great sense of humor, the ones that rub you the wrong way are going to live right next door. <laughs> relationship, to celebrate relationship, to celebrate brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think that's an interesting, interesting truth about Scripture is that when we get saved, when you become saved, you become part of a family, not a cult, not a religious organization, not a club, a family, families with brothers and sisters, families that, you know, you get to be a part of. And the beautiful thing about the, the, the family of God, Paul says that we are adopted into this family. God, by his spirit, chose you to be a part of his family. He has drawn you in, and now you get to be related to Christ as a brother, to God as your father, and allows us this opportunity to celebrate relationship. We need to get to know each other. It needs to become part of what we do. And, uh, and I, you know, I know a lot of names here, uh, but there's a lot I don't know. And, I, and that, it's important for us to know, get to know one another. Ladies, tea is coming. You know, ladies, make a point of it to get to find out who the people are, especially sitting at your table, for sure. But go around and say, hi, my name is, and go ahead, introduce yourself. Get to know one another. Celebrate other people. Celebrate relationship. Uh, do you know how powerful this is and how important it is? I, I've shared this illustration before, but Tom Hanks in that story, Castaway, that movie Castaway, He's there by himself. 
he builds a relationship with a volleyball. You know, Wilson. And he gets mad at Wilson. And he throws him out of the cave. And then he becomes sad. And he runs after, he says, and he starts apologizing. He's crying. Wilson, I'm so sorry. I'll never do that again. Hello, it's a volleyball. What is wrong with you? But we, are, we, we have to have relationship. Being alone is no fun. How many of you have ever been lonely? Um, Linda came back this past Tuesday. She was on a uh, missions trip to Cancun. <laughs> the week before, Tuesday the, the week before, she left with my daughter and my son-in-law and the, their three kids. She was kind of a nanny, sort of, to spend a week suffering in Cancun. 85 degrees every day on the beach, you know, watching the kids play in the water, and, and I was at home. <laughs> I was at home on Friday night and Saturday watching it snow like crazy. I don't like being alone. I've discovered that. For, I had a bunch of work to do. I had, I had to paint the living room while she was gone. I had to do my own laundry. I had to figure out what to eat. It was horrible. It was awful. Yeah, it was weird. I, I didn't realize I would miss her that much. I figured I'd you know, be, have plenty of time, be busy all the time, and, you know, the week would go by, and it was like I was counting the days. Oh, just two more days. Yes, yes. But I thank God for that, because I celebrate the relationship with my wife. I'm not counting the days when she'll get to go away again. You know, I was like, oh, yes. Really, honey, you're leaving again? Oh, that's awful. No, because the celebration of relationship, we become, we become connected with each other. If you're not here at church, you know, who's going to sit in Rose's seat? I need her here. Vince, I need you there. I need you people here. I don't like preaching to myself. We need, you, we need each other. It's the celebration of relationships. And, we, and as we, you know, I would encourage you to start come, going up to people. You know, hey, I'm Pastor Fred. You're Gina, right? Gina, I thank God that you're here today. I thank God that you're here. Amen? What would happen if you started greeting people like that? Instead of, you know, hey, Vince, sorry you're here, man. Too bad. <laughs> Kind of hoping you'd be gone today. That's ridiculous. Who does that? Well, there are people that do that. I was in Maryland. Linda came with me one time. She, she said, this is the funniest story. She sat down in like the th third row or whatever. And as God is my witness, a lady came up to her and said, you're sitting in my seat. You're going to have to move. And Linda goes, oh, Sorry. I wish she would have stood up and said, don't you know who I am? <laughs> no, and I don't care. I wish it was, I'm the special speaker's wife. I can sit anywhere I want. 
That would, yeah, I could just see a fight break out right there. That would have been just, but it was incredible. You're sitting in my seat. Get up, move, go. That's incredible. If anybody ever does that to you in this church, come and find me. I'm going to lay hands on them. And pray, I'm going to pray for them. Later. Afterwards. Celebrate relationship. Let Thanksgiving be, be part of that flow that, that allows you to celebrate people. Again, some people are annoying. I understand that. Celebrate them anyway. Some people are just angry. They're mean. They're just terrible. Celebrate them anyway. You could transform their life. You have no idea. You just have no idea what could happen. I want to close with a story that illustrates this whole scenario pretty well. It's called the Bus Stop Blessing. She ran for the bus with all of the strength and determination of an Olympic sprinter, but the bus pulled away from the curb without her. The driver not seeing her, or just not caring, she collapsed on the bus bench in a heap of failure, disbelief, and sobs. I could have just kept on driving. It was the first day of my vacation. I was off to wander the local mall. And besides, it wasn't my problem. I didn't know her. Another bus would be along soon. But there was just something about her. There was an, intensely, there was an intensity in her need that I could not ignore. So I stopped my car and went up to her an act of the will. I sat down on the bench next to her and gently mentioned that another bus would be along in half an hour or so, and I introduced myself and asked, what's your name? My name is Sarah. I'm sorry to make such of a scene, but I need to get to the hospital to be with my sick baby, she responded through lessening sobs. Sarah explained to me that she was a struggling single mother and her one-year-old son was in the hospital. She'd gone home the night before to get some sleep, and when she started back to the hospital in the morning, her car battery was dead. I could tell from Sarah's face that she was exhausted, and she felt overwhelmed. What's wrong with your son? I gently prodded. My baby has pneumonia, and he's been very sick, Sarah replied. I don't want him to be alone and afraid. I need to get back to him. My heart melted. My plans for the day took a detour. Emotion. Please, I said, let me give you a ride to the hospital. Seeing a little hesitation in her eyes, I continued. Please, it would be my pleasure. Sarah's face softened, and I saw the first hint of a smile as she nodded her head yes, and we began walking toward my car. On the drive to the hospital, I learned that Sarah's boyfriend had left her when he found out she was pregnant and that he did not have any other, and she did not have any other family in the area. She has been struggling to work and raise her baby in a loving home. Though rough at times, things were going fairly well until Daniel got sick. Daniel's illness set Sarah back financially and emotionally. As I listened to Sarah's story, I decided to do everything I could to help her out. I dropped her off at the hospital, gave her my phone number, asked her to call me when she got home. I assured her that my brother would come over and help her with her car battery. Though reluctant, Sarah took my number and promised to call me. I shared the day's events with my Bible study group that night and asked the group to pray for Sarah and Daniel. The group did much more than that. One person had baby clothes left over she wanted to donate. Another friend wanted to donate food. 
We even took up a collection and money to help Sarah out. Sarah was very grateful and humbled by the help my group was able to give to her during the illness and recovery of her son. My brother went to help Sarah that night with her car battery. This is great. And not only did he get the battery to spark once again, sparks began flying between my brother and Sarah as well. And now Sarah is my sister-in-law. You never know what blessings God has waiting for you if you just take the time to stop and try to meet someone's need. Sarah and Daniel are a precious addition to our family, the celebration of relationship. And that would never have happened if Sarah had not missed her bus on that fateful day. God wants you just to enjoy life. Are you going to get sick? Probably. Will you be sad and lose a loved one or lose a job or lose, lose something of value? Yeah, probably. Will people misunderstand you and not treat you right and be mean and so on and so forth? Yeah, probably. But God's promised us that if we'll learn in everything to give thanks because it's his will, our lives will make a tremendous impact. You will touch people's lives and they will be blessed. A pastor had been robbed and when they asked him how he felt about that feeling or that experience, he said, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that the thief took only money. I'm grateful that no one was hurt. I'm grateful that I was the one robbed and not the one doing the robbing. Life is all about perspective. In everything, it does, the Bible, Paul does not say for everything, that would just be weird. In everything, give thanks. Maybe you have a pain today. Be thankful that your body can signal you that. Be thankful that there's medication that could probably ease that. Be thankful for doctors that have studied and could possibly help you or help work on that. Be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful. It's an act of your will. It's an expression of your emotion. And it's a celebration of relationship. Ultimately, a celebration of our relationship with God, but also a celebration of our relationship with each other. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today, it's a great day. Because, God, we know you, and you know us. Our, our names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We're on the list. And so, Father, we have the relationship that we can celebrate. Thank you, Father, for the emotions that, that run in through our lives on a daily basis. Forgive us, Father, if we've spent way too much being selfish and angry and not enough time being joyful and thankful. And so, Father, help us, empower us to act to let the act of our will be gratitude. From the moment we wake up to the moment we close our eyes in the evening to go to sleep, 
may there be a, a whisper of thanks on our lips every moment of the day. Help us to begin to see around us all the blessings that are ours. And we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Lord, I pray that you would just encourage. I hope that you've encouraged my brothers and sisters today. Lord, if there are those that need a touch of healing, let it be. Let it be so. Touch them. Father, if there's someone here today that doesn't know Christ as their personal Savior, they really, really need to make that decision. They need to act on their will. It'll be the most marvelous thing they've ever done. They'll become one of the most grateful people on this earth because they've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Father, I just pray that you'd minister your, your grace to each one through the power of the Holy Spirit today. We love you, God. We trust you totally. And we thank you eternally. And we pray all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.